Welcome to Stories of COVID, the interview project that explores what it's like to experience a global pandemic. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. It is scary and it's very real, but it's not hopeless. As I said, I changed three planes. None of them were wearing any gloves or masks. I've never seen so much support for freelancers or artists in the in the media um, as I have now. They both laid me off from just the advent of the, the outbreak. I'm anthropologist and author Veronica Kieran, and I am building an interview archive of stories and anecdotes that define this time in history to write a book preserving this experience for future generations. If you'd like to help preserve this moment in history for future generations, check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. Will Zemp is the brother of Chad Zemp. Will is living in Tangier, Morocco, in a sort of limbo. Many of his classes teaching English have been arrested because of the pandemic, but he's not ready to leave the country. In fact, he's trying to stick it out, trying to manage restlessness and depression and think positively about the future. Uh, I was in my apartment where I am right now in Tangier, Morocco, pretty much sitting in the exact same spot I'm sitting now. We were watching the news. We, uh, Franny and I, my girlfriend, when we get up in the morning before work, we like to watch the news while we have breakfast. And it was just on France 24 or Al Jazeera, some international news program. And uh, it mentioned the new virus in Wuhan, China, that was, uh, you know, I, I just remember seeing the video of the doctor crying um, and you know, pleading about that. I remember that. And then, you know, I mean, I mean, but I was naive, you know, because we'd had MRSA and we'd had SARS and we'd had, you know, H1N1. And so I was kind of like, ah, you know, it sucks. It's terrible, you know, but thank God I'm not there. You know, I'm never going to be affected by this, you know. And then, so I didn't really think much about it. And then there were whispers and it kept getting closer. And then I remember when it got to Italy, that's when I started to get a little worried. <laughs> you know? It's been in waves. So there was, when I first heard about it, I wasn't worried about it at all. Um, I was like, oh, it's another virus. It'll, you know, the, the World Health Organization is gonna take care of it. They're gonna get things locked down. It's gonna stay in China. It won't go anywhere. Then it spread to Iran. And I was like, hmm, that's strange. There must be a lot of international travel between Iran and China. You know, I, I just like, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know there, you, you know, the Iranian people went to Wuhan, China so much. And then it came to Italy. And I was like, okay, that's pretty much on Morocco's doorstep. Uh, and then I remember being in Italy for a while. And while it was still in Italy, you know, I was kind of like, oh, well, I was one of the people who, who was like, oh, the death rate's really low. You know, it's not that bad. This is back when, you know, maybe in Italy, a hundred people were dying a day. And I was like, ah, it's not too bad. It's, you know, mostly old people. Uh, and then it hit Morocco and everything. It didn't really hit Morocco. I heard one case in Morocco. Um, and I was a little worried when it first came to Morocco that the, the Moroccan government was suppressing things because I heard whispers. You know, my students were like, teacher, my dad's a doctor in the hospital and they have corona cases that they're not reporting. But then I was also like, that's, you know, that could just be whispers. 
Um, these were young children saying this to me. So I was like, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, but then I remember about March, March, March 14th or 15th, I got an email from my boss and we've been talking earlier, having meetings saying like, Hey, we might have to shut down the center. What sort of options are open to us in case we have to do that. But on March 14th or 15th, I got an email from my boss saying we're locking everything down. Like the, not my boss. I mean, the ministry of education was like, we're shutting everything down. Um, and that's when I started to take it really seriously and got really, really worried about it. When the lockdown first started, I was really paranoid. I was freaking out. To be honest, I was like, it's the end of the, I wasn't thinking, I didn't logically think it was the end of the world, but you know, it's new. It's like you're in your apartment constant, you know, nonstop. Your brain is going a thousand miles a minute. You don't know what's true, what's real information, what's fake information, you know, fake news. I, I don't, and I still don't, I still don't know what to believe. Um, but there was a, definitely a, a panic when I first settled into the apartment. I used to freak out about going to the store. I used to, you know, wear masks and gloves and wash my hands constantly. Um, and I was trying to only go to the store once every two weeks. Now I've been in lockdown for like 65, 70 days. I'm take, I'm still taking it seriously, but I'm taking it a bit lighter just cause I have to, I can't possibly be freaked out for that long. You know, um, it just, my brain doesn't, I just can't, it's just not feasible. I got work now and it, it helped a lot that work started up for me because it kept me busy. It got my brain working. Um, so my brain could focus elsewhere. I had other stimuli other than pain and suffering and death and hellfire, whatever is going on outside of my apartment. Maybe starting about three weeks ago, I still take it seriously. We're still staying in the apartment, still on lockdown. When I go out, I wear a mask, but I'm not freaking out about it anymore. I know it's serious, um, but I think a lot of the fear came from how the Moroccan, I was worried about how the Moroccan government would handle things. Um, I'm not saying, you know, Moroccans, def, Morocco is definitely not third world or second world, even by any margins, but you know, it doesn't have the strongest healthcare system. Um, when compared to places like Germany and, and France, and I saw how they were getting hit and I was like, that can't happen here. I mean, that would just destroy things. But the Moroccan government was incredible. I think a, an amazing job, um, handling everything. They locked everything down. They were, you know, enforcing it um at least in some places more than others and uh, the cases have been pretty low uh, that being said they're not testing people they've only had about seventy-five thousand tests so far i am now in i went from pure panic to a state of meh i don't want to worry about it anymore pretty much is what i'm getting at i mean i probably washed my hands more times in that first month than i had ever washed my hands ever in my entire life up until that point as disgusting as that is, <laughs> you know? The thing that really hit me was when I, we actually sort of, you know, after two months, you kind of get worn down. We, we broke, we broke the rules a little bit and went to, a, we went to a friend's house, just me, my girlfriend and this friend, we stayed far apart and we were there a little bit past curfew because we hadn't been, we hadn't been out past curfew at all. Like I hadn't really left my apartment at all, except to go to the store and, I just needed, Franny, my girlfriend and I both needed just to get out. And um, I remember we stayed a little bit past curfew, it was like 7.30, and I remember walking back and it was just an absolute ghost town. There was nobody, which I wasn't expecting. I mean, during, because during the pandemic, they've been doing a pretty good job at enforcing the rules, but when you go to people, there's still people mulling about, 
um, which makes sense because a lot of these people are with their families and it's not like the states where a lot of people have houses. I mean, most people here live in apartments and you have a family of, you know, five or six people in an apartment, you know, for two months straight, you go crazy. I can't imagine. So a lot of people have been spending the days mulling about. They wear their masks, but they just kind of loiter, which I get 100%. But I remember going, so when we went to the apartment, you know, you know, regular, some loiterers, but most people wearing masks, et cetera, et cetera. And we left right after it got dark and there was just nobody on the streets. There's nobody. It also affects, yeah, kid, it is trying to just remember, it is Ramadan too. So everyone's at home eating, which I didn't think about. I like to play video games, but I usually don't have much time, but now I have way too much time to play video games. I've been playing this game called Mountain Blade, where you, you start as this one mercenary and you develop a, a, basically an army and you become a lord. And I have developed a single-minded obsession with that game. Not anymore so much. This was about two weeks ago, but uh, for about a month and a half, it was life or death, you know. I had to become the feudal lord of all of my little read and when my when my kingdom was doing well and expanding i was happy and then i would actually get in bad moods when you know uxhall or the the swadians would come in and take my my territory i don't know i was probably putting four hours four and a half hours in a day which for me is like crazy amount of free time during the normal term i don't have that amount of free time usually so uh you know it was nice it was fun for a while and now I just, I had to back away. I had to back away. <laughs> you know. Thank you for listening. Subscribe so that you don't miss an interview. I interview multiple people a week and I am releasing these episodes as fast as I can. And if the story meant something to you, share it. Because it will probably mean something to someone else. Every time you share the project, it helps the project grow. So thank you. Until next time, stay safe, stay well.